Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. last theme in the book of Romans is the theme of service. And as we've been saying since we hit chapter 12 of Romans, more or less what Paul does, he, he reminds us of everything that he's written, everything that God has done for us in Christ. And he says, therefore, as a result of all that, we need to serve Christ. And he tells us several things that we need to be or that we need to do in order to be better servants of Christ. Uh, we just finished up chapter 14 of Romans last week. And basically in chapter 14, he was telling us this, that, that we need to, you know, be careful how we respond to each other. We need to be careful how we treat each other. We need to guard relationships with other believers. And he was still talking about service because, you see, here's the deal with that. If, if relationship and fellowship between believers is destroyed, it also hinders and harms the effectiveness of your ministry, the effectiveness of your testimony, the, the effectiveness even of a church ministry. So that's at the heart of Paul telling us we need to be careful that we don't intentionally offend each other. He, he wrote about strong believers who were freer in grace. He wrote about, uh, you know, weaker believers who might be a little bit more legalistic or rule-based. But, but he's telling us we need to be careful and, and guard uh, how we treat each other so we don't uh, destroy God's work uh, in, in the way that we respond to each other. As we come into uh, chapter 15 of uh, the book of Romans, he still uh, basically has the same theme in mind. He's telling us that we need to, to serve Christ, but specifically, he's letting us know through chapter 15 that we need to be a, a servant who builds up other people. Now, he started this theme actually back in chapter 14 because Paul wrote these words in, in chapter 14. Uh, he, he said this, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. That's what we need to be on the hunt for. That's what we need to pursue as believers, the things that make for peace and mutual upbuilding, where we are joined together. That's the idea that's given by the word peace, and that we are upbuilding each other. And now he is going to really kind of detail that idea out in chapter 15 of us building each other up, how we need to build up each other. Uh, a lot of times that may be difficult uh, because of the way people's attitudes and, and reactions or actions can be. Uh, we're actually going to have these four topics in, uh, in Romans 15. We're going to look at the example of Christ. That's today, verse 1 through 7. And then we'll look at the, the ministry of Christ in, uh, in two weeks because we have a guest speaker uh, next week. And, uh, and then we'll be dealing with the mission of Paul and then talk about supporting the mission. So the topic of all three of those is you and I doing what we can do to uh, build other people. Jesus did that as his example. Jesus did that as his ministry. Paul had that as his mission to try and reach other people and build them up. And you and I can help support the mission because there Paul kind of talks about a gift and offering that was given by a group of believers. We can help fund the mission uh, to try and reach other people. So let's talk about the example of Christ today. You see, the reason the example of Jesus is a really, really, really good example in how we're to build other people up is because that's exactly what he did. Uh, we're going to look at two things that Jesus did that you and I also 
need to emulate or we need to copy and do ourselves today. Jesus put up with people. Uh, and, and think about to the degree Jesus had to put up with people. Jesus, God in the flesh, perfect, holy, 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 still he came and he was rejected and abused and everything else. And then Jesus also built people up. So to begin with this morning, let's talk about how you and I as Christians need to follow the example of Christ. And by doing so, we need to be willing to put up with others. Like I said, I understand that's not always easy. I, I can imagine some excuses popping up right now. But you don't know the people, preacher. You don't know what they've said to me. You don't know what they've done. Uh, in particular, he's putting the responsibility, Paul, is upon us that are freer in grace, the stronger person. So, you know, from a stronger person standpoint, a person that's freer in grace, we may be really irritated and upset about more legalistic people and how they might judge us and the rules that they might have. So sometimes it's just hard to put up with people. That's true in your own family, though, isn't it, sometimes? You know, I don't care if it's a husband and a wife without any kids. It's, it's hard sometimes because you can frustrate each other. It, it can be very difficult sometimes to put up with somebody else. But if they're family, you know what you do? You do it anyway. Why? Because you love them. Because they are family. Well, you and I as believers, whether you're a weak believer or a strong believer, we are family. We are joined together by Christ, and that's why we need to be willing and able and strive to put up with each other. Look what he writes. He says, we who are strong. So once again, he's putting the responsibility uh, on the stronger, freer person in grace. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now, some, some words that he uses there, because it was originally in the, in the Greek New Testament, the word for strong is the same word we get our English word dynamite or dynamic or dynamo uh, from, and it simply means we who are able, we have the ability uh, to, to do this uh, because we are empowered by God, because we are the more spiritually mature. We have an obligation. And the word obligation is even a banking term. It's like you're accruing debt. But look at, at the tense that it's in. It's in the present tense in the Greek, so that means it's an obligation that never, ever comes to an end. It's, it's a debt that you can never, ever, ever fully pay. We saw the same word a few weeks ago as we talked about our obligation to serve Christ is something we can never, ever fully pay. Well, here, under divine inspiration, whether we like it or not, Paul is telling us that you and I, as strong believers, we've got an obligation that is never, ever, ever fully paid to bear or put up with those that are weaker. The, the word for bear literally means to lift up or take to yourself. It, it, so it's not, he's not given the thought of, well, somebody's dumped on him and you can't help it, you know. He, he's given the idea that you and I need to willingly take from someone else and bear. We need to willingly take their bad attitudes. We, we need to, to willingly uh, take their judgmental attitudes and, and, and things like that. And I understand this is an easy message. I told my wife on the way to small group Thursday night that I thought I was going to come this Sunday and just resign the church, you know, because of what I'm having to preach this morning. It is hard for me to put up with people sometimes. Is it for you? I mean, be honest. Don't sit there and look pious at me. 
We were heading a small group, and, uh, you know, uh, I can say this maybe safely because my mom doesn't go online. She's 94 years old and everything like that. And I love my mom. Please understand me. Anytime I say anything, I love her. But at 94, she lives with us all the time. Now, she can sometimes push my buttons. And she had pushed my buttons before we were leaving to go to small group, Kylie and stuff like that. And I was already frustrated. And as we're going down the road, and and I just kind of had the blue look big. I said, I think I'll resign to church Sunday because of what I'm having to preach. You know, and I'm, I'm not going to. Don't get your hopes up because God's not told me to do that. If God tells me to do it, I will. But, uh, but, but honestly, it's, it's, it's tough. We're, we're humans, and, and people have attitudes that can push your bones a lot of times, and it's difficult a lot of times to put up with them. But Paul says it, it's not like you're just enduring it. You, you need to, it's like you're willing to take it. It's like you're willing to put it on your shoulder and you're willing to carry it. And matter of fact, it's like you're willing to, to pick up the weakness and the fault of someone else and walk with them because the root word means a pace or a walk. We need to take the weakness of others. We need to even take your judgmental attitudes, whatever it might be, and walk with them because our goal is what we'll talk about in a few moments to build them up. That's why we need to be willing to, to bear with someone that spiritually uh, may be feeble, that is spiritually weak. Because, you see, he tells us our, our goal is not to please ourselves. We, we're, we're not just to be uh, fulfilling our own selfish actions. We're not to be to practicing our, our Christian liberties to the demise of a weaker person is what he's telling us. Now, in a lot of those word studies, in, in a lot of verse 1, I want you to see three things real quickly, the most important stuff in, in our second thought. But I want you to notice these three things. Number one, we need to evaluate where we are in our Christian life. Because he, he says, we here are strong. Well, he's, he's telling someone that's strong that we need to bear with other people and we need to build them up. Before you kind of decide you're going to go and build somebody else's life up, you, you need to figure out really where you are. You know, because you might go mess somebody else's life up bad, you know, if, if you're not careful. So you need to evaluate whether or not you're really that strong person. But at the same time, you need to glean this thought from Paul writing this. Paul is including himself in the we. He says, we who are strong. So if you go back into chapter 14, remember, he's putting the greater responsibility on the strong, more spiritually mature person to bear with the weak to start with. So if you think you're strong, that means you are to bear with the weak. That means you're to be trying to help them grow. You're not to be condemning them or just writing them off because they may be more legalistic in in their actions and what they do in life. It also means that if we're stronger, we need to guard against being selfish because you see that comes along maybe with feeling like you're the stronger believer and you've got a freedom to do this and a freedom to do that and a freedom to do this before God but you need to understand that you can't selfishly practice it to the harm of someone else so you if you're strong be on guard that you're not being selfish because it's it's never right for us in our in our selfish desires to to really harm somebody uh, else you need to also evaluate this. You need to evaluate how you should respond toward others. Because he, he told us there, if we're the stronger person, we've got an obligation to bear with the felons of, of the weak. That ought to be our response to them. Instead of rejecting them or writing them off or getting mad or frustrated or going off and having a pity party because somebody has judged us in, in some way, we've got this obligation. Remember what I said a moment ago, it's a never end and it's continual obligation based on the tense in the Greek that we have to bear or to put up 
with others. When our tendency and our desire might want to be to reject them because they have mistreated us and talked about us and judged us, he tells us instead the way we ought to respond toward them is that we've got this obligation to, to bear because our, our, our goal is to build them up. You also need to uh, evaluate this. You need to evaluate the focus of your life. You need to evaluate the focus of your life. He said, and not to please ourselves. It's not the, the Christian life, especially for us that, that feel like we're more mature and more free in Christ. It is, it's not the goal of our lives just to please ourselves. We've got someone who sits on a throne in heaven who died for us on a cross that we need to be pleasing. And that person tells us that we need to please others, that we need to minister to them. It's not all about me. It's not about you. It's not about what we want. But man, we make it like that at church a lot of times, don't we? We want ours and we want those that are ours to act and look just like us and we don't want anybody else. I'm sorry, that doesn't fit the biblical definition of Christianity in evangelism. Because we are to be open to anyone. We are to be trying to reach and minister to anyone. It is not about us. The focus of our lives should not be just about pleasing ourselves. We're not islands to ourselves, as I said last week. What you do affects somebody else. And, and many times we have to limit or we have to adjust practice in our freedoms in, in a way that allows or enhances us to have the chance to reach somebody. Look what Paul said. Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he said, Though I'm free and belong to no man. In other words, he, he doesn't have to live his life based on rules and everything like that. He doesn't belong to some weaker person or even some stronger person. Paul says, I'm free. Thank God for grace. Amen. He says, even though I'm free and belong to no man, look what he says. Even though he's free, he says, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. He, he said, to the Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jews. In, in other words, Paul, who came from a Jewish background, even though now he's set free in Christ as a Christian, he says, if it will help me to reach a Jewish person for Jesus, then I'm going to act pretty Jewish when I'm around them and avoid offending them to try and open up the door to where I can really reach them and build a relationship with them and, and reach them for Christ. He goes on and he says to those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So I might win those under the law. So he's saying to those that are more legalistic, I, if I have to, I'll act like I'm a little bit more legalistic in order not to offend them, in order to maintain the relationship so I can reach them with the gospel is what Paul is, is telling us. He said to those who, uh, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. In other words, we're not free just to go live however we want to live. But he says, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I become all things to all men so that by all possible means, I might win some of them. That's what Paul's telling us. That, that's the way we need to view our freedoms because if we practice our freedoms in a way that closes the door to ever reaching that person for Christ, you've messed up. You're, you're not following the pathway that God wants you to follow, even though you're free to do it. He, he's telling us that we need to evaluate our 
our response towards others and the focus of our lives. And the focus of our lives as believers is not about us. It cannot be just about selfishness. True Christian love is not selfish. And it involves more than just the stronger kind of putting up with the weaker or enduring the weaker we need to be encouraging them. That's the level of putting up with them that he's talking about. Not just kind of enduring who they are, but we need to have the goal of encouraging them. See, you might find yourself frustrated with a weaker person, a weaker believer, who's throwing judgmental attitudes your way. And you might get pretty frustrated about them because they're making, you know, mountains out of molehills. They're, they're making big things out of stuff you think is trivial. It doesn't really matter. But here's the deal with it. The greater responsibility, Paul tells us, is put on those that think they're stronger. We're the ones that have the responsibility to be sure we don't injure the relationship. We're the ones that have the responsibility to be sure that harmony is maintained with other believers, to be sure that there's not division in, in, in the church between believers. That's our responsibility. See, Paul even said this in Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are what? What does it say? Spiritual. You who are more mature is what he's talking about. You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So like it or not, in understanding that people can be difficult, Paul tells us we have to put up with people for the right reason because there's a goal. So the second thing I want you to see today is this. Not just that we need to follow the example of Christ by putting up with others, and Jesus put up with a lot. I mean, God in the flesh, you know, abused, rejected uh, by, by men. Think about all he put up with as he's here in his earthly ministry. But not only should we follow his example and put up with people, we need to follow the example of Christ and build up others. He says these words in verses 2 through 7. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Next slide. In, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the god and father of our lord jesus christ therefore welcome one another as christ has welcomed you for the glory of god our goal is if we're going to be the best servants we can be we need to be we need to be building other people up you can't do that if you don't put up with them to where you can actually be in a relationship with them but in order to really build them up. Paul gives us a few things here I want us to, to notice and think about how it applies to our, our lives. He puts a responsibility upon us as believers to build others up. First of all, it's a corporate responsibility. In other words, all of us together. He, he said, let each of us. And just in case you're trying to find a way out, I, I looked at the Greek word for you. And guess what it means? It means each of us. It means everyone, every woman, every man, each of us, each one. He said, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, not our good, to build him up. 
our desire to please them. It's even kind of a, an emotional type word. It gives the idea of having this excited emotion of where we're trying to be agreeable because we want to lift them up and build them up. The, the same word was even used to talk about a, a ship sailing away, and that same word was even used to talk about expiating sin. In other words, sin being carried away from us. God wants to use our lives as believers in a way to build other people up to where we can help the problems sell away from their lives. Where we can help sin sell away from their lives. There's a corporate responsibility upon each of us to build up others. And that's that architectural word that we saw in, in Romans 14 also. It talks about building a structure, a, a house, even a temple. Building it not just at the foundation level, but all the way up to the roof line. That's our goal as believers. We're to try and be building each other up all the way to the roof. We're to be trying, we're to be building each other up to where we're, you know, fully built temples of the Holy Spirit of God for God to live in. It's a corporate responsibility that he gives us for us to really try and build each other up, to build up others. It's kind of like I've used this family-type illustration several times in, 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 in chapter 14 and, and now also. But, but what it's kind of like it's, it's like, it's like two parents adjusting their lives or, or limiting their freedoms or making sacrifices for their children. Now, I, I don't know if you ever figured it up on the front end or not. I, I, I didn't really like I should have. I just thought, man, I'd like to have kids. And then, you know, didn't think to add it all up how much it's going to cost, you know, when you get them here. Because uh, they, they don't stay in, in uh, diapers. They don't stay in the same diaper. They cry and whine. You have to buy new diapers. You know, they grow. You got to buy new clothes. They, you know, get all kinds of hobbies going on. You have to buy all kinds of baseball equipment or cheerleading, you know, clothing or, you know, musical instruments or whatever it is their, their interests might uh, get involved with. Then they, they actually, you know, want to be added to your insurance to, so they can drive. And that is a big sacrifice in this day and, and time. And then they want to go off to college and things like that. So if you figured all of that up on the front end, some of you might not ever have kids, huh? Because it is. It's, it's a sacrifice for parents to care for their kids like that. But we don't think about it in those terms. At least we shouldn't. And I think the reason we don't add the cost up is, is this. We, we love them. Amen? We love them. And in, in, in a similar, similar way spiritually, you and I as, as believers, we need to make sacrifices ourselves in order to build other people up. But Petra, you don't know what they said about me. You don't know how they treated me. You don't know how legalistic they are. You don't know all the junk they give me all the time at work or at home or at church or wherever the case might be. No, I might not. But I, I know this, that we've got an obligation that's an every-ending obligation as believers to build up others, to bear with others, and to build others up. That's the goal that we need to have in mind, to build other people up in their faith. It's not just a corporate responsibility. It's also a, a sacrificial responsibility. A sacrificial responsibility. Uh, Romans chapter 15 and verse 3 says, For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. 
Paul is making an argument. The particular Greek word that's translated in our English Bibles for literally means to assign a reason or to make an argument. So he just said that we are to bear with other believers. We're to build up other believers. Here's the argument that he's given as to why. He said for Christ, the Messiah, God in the flesh, the anointed one. Christ did not come to please himself. And he uses an absolute negative there. Jesus absolutely didn't come into this world to make it all about him. He came into this world to go to a cross and suffer and bleed and die in my place and in your place that through faith in him, we can be forgiven and have everlasting life. That, that's why he came. He did not come to please himself. But instead, he came to lift up upon himself or take away upon himself or help our sins be carried away to expiate our sin for us as he died on the cross. Paul's quoting here from, from Psalm 69 in, uh, in this passage of, of Scripture. And... Uh, Psalm, 60, Psalm 69 says this. It says, For the zeal of your house has consumed me. It's a prophecy about Jesus. And the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Paul quoted it like this. He said, As it is written. That's why he said that. It's back in Psalm 69. As it is written. There's something written about Christ that we need to understand. That's said about him. The reproaches of those who reproached you fell upon me. All the disgrace, all the shame, all the, the sin, all that reproach. And Jesus said the reproaches of those that have reproached you. That's, that's what's being said. That, that, that Jesus took the reproaches that had been flung by the human race at a holy God. That had been cast upon him. The, the reproaches, the taunting, and everything of a sinful man against God. Paul is writing, he's saying that, that Paul, that Paul is saying that, that Jesus took all of those reproaches, all of that sin upon himself. When, when he said it fell upon me, it doesn't mean that it just kind of accidentally got there. The, the phrase for fell upon me in the Greek means that he, he lovingly and intentionally, with great passion, took it to himself. That's how he dealt with our sin. Now remember what's taking place. He's given us an example of how we have to put up with people and how we have to build up others. And it is sacrificial on our behalf because it was sacrificial on the behalf of Jesus. In other words, Paul, I think, is telling us this, but before... Before we start whining about having to put up with someone else. Before we start making our excuses. Before we start seeing how terrible it is that, that you expect me to put up with this person or to build this person up. Because you just don't know what they're like. Before our minds start to go in that direction, we need to remember this. Our Savior put up with us. Our Savior took our sins to the cross. 
He took our reproach upon himself. He nailed it to the cross. And that's the example that you and I have. If Jesus dealt with our reproach like that, who are you and I to act like we will not put up with the reproach of somebody else in order to build them up for the kingdom of God? Look at the suffering and the reproach that Jesus went through in order that you and I can be built up. How dare we act like, well, but you don't understand and start sticking our little lip out and start whining about the way somebody's treated us and everything preacher it's just too hard you don't understand well i know this you're still breathing you're still alive you've not been nailed to a cross and thrown in a tomb jesus was for you and if jesus did that for you you and i ought to at least be willing to put up with people so we can build them up that's the point that paul is 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 making he said that he did not come to please himself. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed this, Not my will, but what? Yours be done. Several times in the ministry of Jesus, he talks about his mission was to please God the Father. John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. John chapter 5, verse 30, I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John chapter 8, verse 29, For I always do the things that are pleasing to him. What? you and I need to understand is that as believers, we also need to sacrificially give up our freedoms and give up our rights in order that we can put up with people and build people up for the kingdom of God. Instead of having all these excuses about how mean they are, how legalistic they are, how they have talked about us, how they have judged us. I... Guys, don't look at me like, it. well, it's easier for you to say, hey, I, I probably dealt with it as much as anybody here. <laughs> Pastoring for 30 years, you run into a lot of judgmental people, a lot of judgmental church members, and everything like that over the years. And I'm guilty. That's one reason I was telling my wife the other day, I think I might as well go resign. I'm having to preach this at church. I'd rather resign than have to preach this almost. Because I have been guilty of thinking, how dare they act like this? How dare that person be that legalistic? How dare they gossip like that? How And, and, and me want to just kind of separate myself from that person. And when I'm told exactly the opposite, I need to put up with them and bear with them so I can build them up for the kingdom of God. Last thing we need to get is this, and I'll, I'll try and cover it quickly. We also have a, a motivational responsibility to build others up. There, there's some things that Paul writes in, in, in verses 4 through 7 that lets us know that we should be motivated by what the Word of God has to say to build up other people. He said, for whatever was written in the former days. Remember, he just quoted Psalm 69, okay? So whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Now, now, literally, he just quoted a prophecy about Jesus, and he's saying, because that was written, we can have hope because it came true. But remember the whole context of what he's saying here. The context is that we are to build other people up, and we might have to put up with them in order to do that. So the instructions of the, of the Scriptures, you and I reading the Word of God, can give us endurance to put up with the way other people might treat us, can give us encouragement of the Scriptures to where we have hope or an anticipation that God might actually use our lives to build the person up because we were willing to put up with them and build them up. And I'll, I'll break that down in just a second. He, he said, may the God of endurance and encouragement. 
grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ because you've been joined together with Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Let me walk through these four things really quick. First of all, the Word of God motivates us through instruction. Through instruction. We, we need to read the Word of God. He said, whatever was written was written for our instruction, for our teaching, for our doctrine. Now, in the context of what he's saying, I alluded to it a moment ago. Here's, here's the deal with that. Remember, the context is we're trying to be servants of God by putting up with people and building up people. So when someone's being really difficult and you kind of are having a problem about wanting to put up with them and you feel like going off over here by yourself and having a pity party and sitting and just moping around because someone has, you know, put you down in some way, some legalistic believers judging you in some way, it might be okay to go and sit in the corner, but when you do, read your Bible. And as you read your Bible, in your Bible, you can find the instruction that you need to understand that you're to build up other people. We're told that in Ephesians. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip the saints to the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. Until we attain this unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, because we've been built up, is what he's saying, we can speak the truth in love. We can grow up in every way into him, Jesus, who's the head, the Christ, from whom the whole body joined together by every joint which is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We're one body under Christ. We're to build each other up. The Bible instructs us to do that secondly we need to be motivated by this the word of god can motivate us to endurance in other words making it through the fact that someone's put you down making it through having to deal with a weaker brother that's the context of what he's talking about we can with a cheerful and a hopeful endurance put up with other people so we can build up other people with the hope that God will actually use our lives to do so. The Word of God also motivates us like this. It motivates us by encouragement. And through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. The Bible can encourage us. Someone else might be judging you. They might be difficult to deal with. You might be thinking, I don't want to put up with them. God, use somebody else to build their life up. I don't want to do it. But we can sit down in the midst of our excuses, in the midst of our pain when someone else has hurt us, and we can read the Word of God, and we can be encouraged. We can be exhorted. We can be comforted by the Scriptures, having this confident expectation that God can help us minister to other people, no matter how difficult they are. The Word of God also can do this for us, motivate us to a harmony of purpose or a unity of purpose. He closed out by saying, may the God of endurance and encouragement, the things we just talked about, we can get from the Word of God. May He grant you, grant us as believers, to live in such harmony with one another 
We, God expects us to have harmony with each other. in accord with Jesus Christ, joined together by faith in Jesus, that together, once again, together, harmony, we may with one voice, one voice literally in the Greek means one mouth, we may as though we have one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, he says, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Why do we need to put up with someone? Why do we need to be building up other believers? Because there's this goal that God has for us. There's this unity of purpose to where all of us, all believers, weak believers and strong believers, all of us, because we have a harmony of purpose, can do this. Here's our purpose. With one mouth, give glory to God. Now, our church, before I say this, what I'm about to say, our church is affiliated with a denomination. We're a Southern Baptist church plant. Having said that, and that means we are one, but having said that, all this stuff about denominations and things like that is man-made. And God's goal is this. God's goal is for all believers, all authentic believers, not to be split and splinter, not to be off in this group and that group. His goal is for all believers, weak and strong, with one mouth to glorify God. That's why we need to be willing to put up with people. See, it's not about you. It's about building them up. That's why we need to be willing to, to build people up, even when it's difficult, and they're slamming us and judging us because of the freedoms maybe we're practicing. We need to be willing to do it because our goal is this, to have unity in all of us with one voice. To praise God and glorify Him. In order for that to happen, we have to receive each other. He said, welcome each other as Christ has welcomed you. Guess what? Jesus invited you, the sinner that deserved to go to hell. Yes, you and me both, sinners that deserve to go to hell. He invited us. He welcomed us. And if he'll do that for us, we need to be willing to welcome other people. Why? Because with one voice, we need to glorify God. By the way, Jesus prayed that. Because in John chapter 17, if you can't jump ahead to that verse, I know I've left you hanging up there, Brian. But in John chapter 17, it, Jesus, as he prayed his high priestly prayer, said, I, I ask, I do not ask for these only. In other words, not just the disciples that were around him right then. But also for those who will believe in me through their word, us, believers down through time, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you've sent me. Look at the high purpose that we have for unity there. He, he said, the glory that you've given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Jesus prayed for us to have that kind of unity. Jesus prays for the church to be able to have one voice to glorify God. 
I, I suggest if Jesus prayed that for us, that we accept that as our goal and that we strive to put up with others and to build up others so with one voice we can glorify God. Let's pray. Father, God, forgive us when we get so self-centered and so selfish as believers, when we make it all about us. Forgive us when we are so quick to just write someone off and we, we come up with excuses as to why we don't want to put up with them. And yet, Jesus, you put up with us. So many times since we believed in you, you've put up with us. And we've let you down so many times, and yet you've put up with us. The Father, help us as believers to recognize fully this morning how for us to be the servants that you want us to be, for us to be effective in reaching others for you and building others up, we have to be willing to, to put up with people. And Father, we pray right now that you, that you equip us, that you help us that we can grow ourselves, that we can be more spiritual, that we can be more that you want us to be. But, but, Father, that we can do it in order that you can use us to build up the lives of others. God, I pray for the church, not just day three church, but, Father, I, I do pray for day three, but, Father, I pray it for all the church. I pray, God, that you bring about harmony and you bring about unity in such a convincing way that the world cannot deny the reality of the gospel, that the world cannot deny the reality and the power of your love. God, I pray for that type of unity and harmony among believers that we with one voice can glorify you in this world. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. John's going to do an invitation song, a time of decision. Kind of, I guess, maybe a, a strange message for an invitation, but it really shouldn't be because probably all of us are guilty of uh, maybe being frustrated with somebody right now. Maybe you need to ask the Holy Spirit to point out to you, God, I... Maybe I'm not fully aware of it as I need to be, but maybe you might be fully aware. But, but right now, if you're, if you're really frustrated with someone, and it's really easy to be, maybe during this time of invitation, you need just to pray and say, God, help me to put up with others. And we live in a very frustrating culture. Be honest with you, my wife's telling me, you need to quit reading stuff online. <laughs> And you see it on the news, and you go online, and you read it online and everything. And I, and I get very, very frustrated and upset with our culture and these terrible things that we see happening and how illogical it is the way they want to try and approach fixing it. Almost to the point that I get this defeatist attitude that, well, what's the use? Here's the use. I'm supposed to put up with others. You're supposed to put up with others so we can build them up for the kingdom of God. And you see, what you hear on the evening news is not the end of the story. <laughs> this tells me the end of the story. This tells me that one day, with one voice, all of us will stand around the throne who know Christ as our Savior. And with one mouth, one voice, we will glorify God.
But I don't want to wait till then. I want to see it now. And that's why right now maybe you need to pray and say, God, forgive me for being frustrated. Forgive me for my excuses. Forgive me of, of not being willing to put up with others so I can build them up. And God, forgive me for not building others up. Forgive me for not using my time and my talents that you've given me to invest in somebody else's life and build them up for your kingdom. And if that's where you are and God tells you you need to come down here and pray about it, then do that. Or stand where you are and pray about it. But we're called to be servants and we're called to build others up. How good a job are you doing with that right now? Not good enough? Maybe tell him and ask for help. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life.